Hi and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from The Movie Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash The Movie Girls, where you'll get access to all of our bonus content, including our movie serials and our Karen reviews and our, what else do we have on there? Just more us, Just really. All, all us all the time. <laughs> and this week we are covering Passing, which if you're not familiar with it, is a... Uh, Old book, older book, but the reason we chose to do it mm-hmm. is because Netflix has debuted a new um, book club mm-hmm. where they will be covering books that have been moved, yeah. uh, changed to movies, which are exclusively on Netflix. Yes. And this is their very first pick. Well, and the series is called have you read the book? Yes. Which is funny because that was one of the titles of the podcast that we thought about doing. That's true. That's Um, true. We felt like it wasn't inclusive of the movie because very much often like people are always like, but have you read the book? Yeah. Me included. Yeah. So evidently Netflix thought it was okay. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What are you calling this one? I have called this, I took this from something else. Nothing is black and white. Ah, That was a, like a tagline for the movie, I guess. Oh, all right. Um, So the book was originally published April of 1929, and it's written by Nella Larson. It has a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads, and our version of the book was um, 141 pages. Mm -hmm. What year did you say it came out? 1929. Yikes, that is... Wow. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times you hear these, like, period pieces that were written, like, nowadays. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, So, like you said, this is a Netflix original movie. It just debuted, what... A week ago, two weeks mm-hmm. ago, um, so 2021. It's rated PG-13. It's a drama, and it's an hour and 38 minutes long, which I love about Netflix movies. They're <laughs> super short, to the point. Well, I mean, this book is short anyway, so right. exactly. yeah, it made sense. Um, it's directed by Rebecca Hall, and this is her directing debut. Wow. Uh, she does. She has done a bunch of um, movies as an actress. Um, recently, she was in Godzilla vs. Kong, which mm. is her one of her okay. most recent ones. So, yeah, first time... First time out of the out of the gate. Yeah. Actually, I just remembered the series um, mm-hmm. that they're, you know, debuting with this whole book club thing is actually sponsored by Starbucks. So and you, you and I are, you know, Star- Starbucks, oh, yeah. Starbucks fiends. But I noticed on the app that they were promoting the the show, too. Well, there we go. Which I thought was interesting. Maybe though someone will just stumble upon, yes. upon us from that. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention, I f- forgot the name in our last episode, but um, the show is, or the series is hosted by Uzu Adobo, I think is mm-hmm. how you say it, from Orange is the New Black, yeah. which I love her. So um, I'll have to check out the actual Has, has the episode, episode come out yet? I think it came out today as we're okay. recording this. Okay, yes. so we're going to have to watch it, see how we did. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so the IMDb synopsis of the movie reads, Passing follows the unexpected reunion of two high school friends whose renewed acquaintance ignites a mutual obsession that threatens both of their carefully constructed realities. That was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, I will say, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but like they were kind of friends in the book. Yeah, more acquaintances than friends, <laughs> yeah. I would say. Uh, so some interesting facts about the book. Um, so the author, Larson, Nella Larson, um, her exploration of race was um, informed by her own mixed racial upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she... Uh, 
she grew up in that kind of era of the 1920s where racial passing was very, very common. So yeah. she, you know, this was kind of very, she saw it firsthand, essentially. Um, this is one of only two novels that she's written. The other was called Quicksand, and it came out approximately a year before Passing did. Um, both are acclaimed. Um, so the term passing basically mm-hmm. refers to the practice of persons crossing the color line or, or um, attempting to claim recognition in another racial group than the one they were believed to belong to. So mm-hmm. what we kind of see in this movie is right. Like some of these characters are very ob- not obvious. Very, they are um, black, but they're, features allow Mm -hmm. them to pass as a possible white person and in the 1920s i'm sure that was something that was very much um considered as a i don't want to call it a benefit but it was it probably made things a lot easier um, right to pass as a Mm -hmm. as a white person versus live as a black yeah so although exact numbers of like the number of people who passed Mm -hmm. during this era um are not like known for obvious reasons there's a sociologist by the name of charles s johnson who calculated roughly about three hundred and fifty five thousand uh individuals between 1900 and 1920 that were passing it's a lot um yeah it is it's It's such an interesting concept because maybe it's just the way you know how things are now Mm -hmm. but i just i i I don't i would i'm fascinated on how that worked because i i think yes there are some people who are very very light-skinned that you're like okay like maybe but like i just well i i read this and i didn't include it in my in my notes necessarily but like even if there was like a ancestor like three you know generations removed that like even remotely had some sort of a caucasian Mm -hmm. background like that you know could affect someone's visual or or, you know their Mm -hmm. appearance so you know they took that and kind of use that to like i said to their benefit because of Mm -hmm. what was going on at in the you know at the time so it's even talked about in the movie like you know not only is the financial benefit Mm -hmm. a benefit but like living the yeah. societal right the, exactly being able to kind of walk around feeling like you're a little bit more secure yeah. than you would be if you yeah. were you know um in walking around as yeah a it's person. just an interesting concept because i yeah. in my mind i'm like there's no way that i would mistake would mistake someone but maybe yeah. i have before and you, you just don't know yeah so claire and jack's relationship um in the movie so claire is the woman that's passing and mm-hmm. her white um husband was actually um depicted based off of a 1925 legal trial known as the Rhinelander case. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, there was a man by the name of Leonard Kip Rylander. Uh, he was a wealthy white man. He sued his wife, Alice Beatrice Jones, for an annulment and fraud because he alleged that she failed to inform him that she was colored. Huh. Um, so the jury did eventually return a verdict in favor of Alice. Um, she basically contended that her mixed race was obvious and she never denied it. However, during the trial, um, Alice was actually forced to partially disrobe in front of the jury to basically show the darkness of her skin, which is absolutely atrocious and just awful um, that, that, you know, she would have to go as far as to, like, show her identity in that way. Um, You know what's fascinating? I would have rather heard that story. 
than what than yeah. what we got. That's fair. You know, like that's what I expected when I read yeah. this this book was more of a story like that. Yeah, that's, and that's fair. Not, not what we got. Yeah, and actually, uh, um, interestingly enough, uh, Larson actually mentions the trial very mm-hmm. briefly towards the end of the oh, book. Oh, I didn't even catch. Yeah, that. I didn't either. Um, and the biggest criticism overall of this book, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is the fact that it kind of just ends very suddenly. Yeah, and there's really no kind of exploration of what is happening, right? It's, yeah. it, it kind of veers to a different direction. We mm-hmm. talked about this before, you know, recording this episode of like this book for all intents and purposes is trying to understand and grapple with the concept of passing. Yeah. But then it becomes a little bit more of like a jealousy type love of triangle. like love triangle situation where you kind of miss the pieces of like what, what this story was really yeah. intended for. So a lot of critics had, you know, that same feeling when mm-hmm. this, this book was released. Yeah. Um, even with all of that being said, Larson was still rec- is still recognized as one of the central figures in the African American feminist and modernist canon. So, like her work is still be is still praise, mm-hmm. even though you know it didn't necessarily yeah. in our eyes and probably in a lot of people's eyes like miss the mark, miss the mark in terms of what the purpose of the yeah. book was. Interesting. Yeah. So that's all of mine. All of my fun facts. <laughs> all right. Well, like I said, so the movie just came out um, very recently, so there's not a whole lot. Um, of the backstory of the movie quite yet. Uh, it does have a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously still very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had about 200 votes or, okay. or whatnot. So, <laughs> And really the only thing um, that I thought was interesting about the movie, and we'll just go ahead and jump right into casting, is that they really wanted the two main characters, um, or Rebecca, the director, wanted these two main characters uh, to be able to play one or the other. Mm-hmm. So when she was ca- when they were casting this role, they wanted the role of Irene to also be able to play Claire and vice versa um, because they felt that um, she wanted both of them to really act like they were in the book. They were both seduced into each other's different lifestyles. Like they each were like the grass is greener mm-hmm. on the other side. Um, so the woman who was casted as, Claire, uh, she was like, yeah, I totally could play it either way. I would love to play either role. Um, the girl who plays, uh, Irene actually said that she would never have wanted to play Claire. Um, (laughs) and that she loves, um, she thought that the girl who played Claire did it so perfectly and she would have never been able to play her like that. It's so fascinating that you say that because I'll just use this time Mm -hmm. to say it while I was watching this movie. I kept thinking, and this was before mm-hmm. I had read the book, I kept thinking that at some point the plot twist was going to be that they actually swapped. were swapped. Yeah. That she was imagining her life mm-hmm. as living as a colored person versus like actually being the one that yeah. was living a colored, like a, a black person's life. So that's interesting that the director mm-hmm. wanted them to essentially be able to play each yeah. other's roles. But and it was also, not the plot twist. Just that FYI. also would have been a great plot twist. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so uh, Irene is one of the two main characters of this film. She is um, a black woman living a uh, as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she identifies as it, but she does also try to pass in certain situations. Yeah. Um, um, is played by Tessa Thompson. Uh, she's in Creed 1 and 2. She's also going to be in the upcoming Creed 3. Uh, I know her as Valkyrie from the Thor movies and the Avengers. I think she's great. <laughs> she's also in Westworld. Yes. Uh I love her. I think she's a great actress. Uh, 
my problem with with this role, and I don't have a better way of saying this, um, I think she has African American features that even in a black and white movie can't be can't be discerned. mistaken. Yeah. Yep. I and, get may, that. And, and maybe I'm a little skewed because I know her as other things mm-hmm. and I know exactly what she looks like because I mean, I guess we should also say, yes, this movie is in black and white. Yes. It's completely shot in black and white for whatever reason. And I, I'm still not totally sure why. If I had to venture to guess, my guess would be because the whole concept is like, black you, and ne- white. you don't know who is passing and who's not passing. Mm-hmm. Like, Let's keep them all black and white, and it's all up for interpretation. (laughs) I just feel like, as much as I love Tessa Thompson, I think she was completely miscast for this. Interesting. Because of that. And I think it would have been interesting to find act. Maybe they couldn't. Yeah. I feel like it would have been interesting to find actresses that could have potentially passed as white women in the 20s. Like, I think that would have been so fascinating. True. Uh, That's a good point. But they didn't do that. Yeah. So my issue with her uh, character, and maybe this is just a personal preference, Mm -hmm. but they obviously speak a little bit more formal back Mm -hmm. like how they did in the, in the twenties, her accent or like the way that Mm -hmm. she spoke was a little like too much for me. Yeah. I didn't love her. She was putting on a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Like with Claire, it was a little bit more believable in my opinion. So I I love her. I think she's beautiful. I just didn't think that like it was a hundred percent believable. I 100% agree with you. Uh, So Claire, who is the African American woman who is passing as a white woman in the story. um, Claire is, Played by Ruth uh, Nega, N-E-G-G-A. Uh, she has an Oscar nomination for her role in the movie Loving. She was in the TV show Preacher, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she was also in the movie World War Z, which I'm going to make you read at some point. <laughs> um, I thought on the flip side that this was a little bit more well-casted. Yeah. Because, I mean, I still think she had some African-American features, but overall you're like, Maybe. Does this go back to your point about like she's a little less known? So yeah, maybe, maybe. You, you don't already have a like preconceived like notion of, you know, what she looks like and, mm-hmm. you know, how she acts. So maybe yeah. that, that had to do with it. I do agree. I think, yeah, she was a lot more believable. I I just liked the way she carried her character. Mm-hmm. And I throughout. felt she did a very good job of acting somebody who is acting mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah and which i think she totally takes, was right yeah. she's acting like a white woman so which I, t- I think is a talent of people mm-hmm. to be able to do that yeah. so i i liked her i thought she was actually really good at this yeah i agree uh, so brian who is irene's husband um is played by um andrea holland um, he was in Castle Rock. Uh, we saw him in A Wrinkle in Time that we just did. He played like the principal. And he was also in American Horror Story Roanoke. Oh, uh, the one which, I skipped. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best one. It's like, really actually not good. Um, I didn't love him. No? He's fine. I just, I don't know. And we'll talk about the love triangle that comes somewhat comes through in the mm. movie. Um <laughs> I just couldn't. I was like, there's no way this guy is wooing this woman. Like, there's no, it just was not believable to me. That's I don't fair. Know. I didn't mind him. I think, you know, he's meant to be this very much like hardworking man who like just wants to provide for his family and mm-hmm. like really just wants to get the, them the heck out of there because, yeah. you know, living in New York City at that time was just not ideal. Um, so I think for what that was, like, that came through. Um, but I guess, yeah, like he's not 
super charming or super good looking or super anything mm. for like someone like Claire to be wooed by. Right. right? <laughs> um, on the flip side, uh, John, <laughs> who is Claire's white husband, <sighs> unfortunately was, <laughs> I say this unfortunately cause I hate his The character yeah. sucks is played by my future second husband, Alexander Skarsgård, um, who we know I just, adore yeah um he's in big little lies true blood he also was in godzilla versus kong um i love him uh his character was absolute trash yeah uh he's really good at that though he's really good at playing a jerk yeah, yeah. he really is so yeah i didn't love the facial um hair mm. it didn't work for me um but yeah he's i mean he's good looking no one yeah. can dispute that um but, but I, th- I think I, I think it's brave of someone to play roles like this like it's got to be hard to take on i mean i look at it as like somebody's got to do it right someone's got to do it so like so... whatever uh i don't think i'm not going to commend him for no, taking not commend on the role him, but like but... it's got to be like you know like as an actor you're supposed to want to be loved and it's like True. to take on these roles that you know that people are going to absolutely hate I feel like some characters some actors actually like being hated yeah, i'm just maybe. I'm, fir- I'm a firm believer in that that maybe. like some just hate it or like love to be hated right anyway um so yeah so those are the fit the four really main characters of the movie there's some other ancillary ones yeah, that's but. fair all right time for who said it your first quote is you are changed you know and yet in a way you're just the same claire mm, irene dang it. to claire <laughs> next one well then what does it matter one risk more or less if we're not safe anyway if even you're not it can't make all the difference in the world. Claire. Yes. <laughs> Next one. She says she'd rather be dead than bored. Oh. Uh, uh, John. Mm, Brian. <laughs> Last one. It's funny about passing. We disapprove of it and at the same time condone it. It excites our contempt and yet we rather admire it. We shy away from it with an odd kind of revulsion, but we protect it. Claire, mm, Irene. Irene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like one of the two, right? Like 50-50 chance. All right. So your options for F. Mary Kill, and so sorry to tell you this, but John didn't make the Oh, um, well, I couldn't have. I would have had to kill him. <laughs> um, your options are Irene, Claire, and Brian. <sighs> hmm. You know, I'm going to marry Brian because he just seems... Even though you just said he wasn't, like, no. swoon-worthy? <laughs> More so because of the character. I did feel like he was at least trying for his family. Like, mm-hmm. he became a doctor because his wife said so. So yeah. he's got to be smart. And he really is a good dad to his kids, I think. Um, I will kill Irene. Okay. Because she just is... She just doesn't seem happy. <laughs> like, I don't know what she... I just don't know what she wants mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying trying to remember what the the name of their ball was. Um, it was like the welfare league or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh gosh. How about you just dance with Claire? Yeah. And I will dance around with Claire. Okay. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think that's two weeks in a row that we have agreed on our choices. (laughs) Look at us. All right. So one of the things I loved about the book, um, it's broken up into three parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, They don't do a very good job of like explaining like the time differences. They kind of just bebop through. What do you mean? In the book. Oh, like like how much time has passed? Yeah. They don't ever tell you how much time has passed. Like at one point I'm like, we're like a significant amount of time, like months ahead. Right. So the first part of the movie, and, and I will say the movie is 
is segmented into three parts, mm-hmm. um, but they don't tell, tell you. you that. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like the seasons change, yeah. so you're supposed to know, I guess. Um, but it does start out in, just like it did in the book, um, in summertime. And we see a woman going to a store to buy toys and she's looking for a drawing book for her son. And we see that she's kind of like kind of covering her face, not really making eye contact. Um, and we know by reading the book that that was Irene. Um, uh, in the book, I was like kind of confused. I was like, does she live here? Is she visiting? Because I was like, wasn't uh, it was very confusing well, where she was. I'm pretty sure the movie is completely set in New York. Yeah. In the book, in the beginning, she's actually in Chicago. Yeah, that's what she's I thought. She's visiting her yeah. hometown where she's originally from. And we even, in the beginning of the book, get kind of like a flashback or a mm-hmm. memory of Claire and right. Irene as teenagers. Because we get like a quick snippet of like uh-huh. Claire's father passed away and then she kind of went through it, right? Yeah. Um, we don't get that in, in the movie, but... Yes, for distinction purposes, the book starts in Chicago, eventually goes to New York. The movie is entirely in New York. Yeah, so it's a little all over the place Yeah, in terms of trying to figure out where everybody is. Um, But we see that it's super hot outside, like people are passing out outside. Uh, So she gets into a taxi and the taxi takes her to the Drayton, which I guess is like a hotel with like a... Nice patio. (laughs) So she's sitting in this restaurant and she's kind of avoiding eye contact with everybody. And then she sees a woman kind of across the room making eye contact with her. Mm -hmm. And she like looks away and she looks back and the woman is still staring at her. Um, I for a second thought she was maybe blind and she was like not purposely staring at her. But she was thinking like, oh my God, why is this woman staring? You you think very deeply into these. I do. I like, this is my thriller slash mystery lover in me is like, I'm always trying to look for like the... um, like plot twist to yeah. like figure out. <laughs> so something that was kind of interesting in the book was when Claire walked in, she was with a guy, she was with a man, mm-hmm. like somebody basically like dropped her off there. And in the book, even <clears throat> fast forwarding a little bit, Claire makes a comment where she's like, when she meets her husband, mm-hmm. when she meets John, she's like, well, that wasn't the man that was in the restaurant right. with her. And then it's never mentioned again. Yeah. So we're led to believe like she was possibly talking to another gentleman. Yeah. It was yeah. just so bizarre. It's like, if we're not going That's into not this, how it is in the movie. No, she, th- she's That's just her husband that like we, we don't see, but we hear. Yeah. And then he, he shows up later. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Yeah. So anyway, she ends up coming up to Irene and she's like, do they still call you Rini? And so right off the bat, we know that she's somebody from yeah. from the past um and at first irene doesn't recognize her and then all of a sudden she's like oh you're claire kendry which is her was her maiden name which i love that she figured it out based off of her laugh i'm like yeah. oh gosh is my laugh that distinct that like yes. someone would be like oh yeah you're rosha yeah <laughs> i remember well, you i thought it was kind of funny i'm like okay these women aren't that old like how much has their features actually changed <clears throat> right yeah but you got to remember, one of them is passing as a white woman. That's, so she probably changed some of her features. Yeah, right? that's very true. Um, but she ends up telling Irene that she's just been sitting there for a while, just waiting to recognize somebody. So because she's in town visiting mm-hmm. from New York. and From Chicago. From Chicago. Yeah. And she was just hoping that she would run into somebody from the old neighborhood that would 
that she could strike up a conversation with. Which is ironic because she says from the old neighborhood, but they're not in their old neighborhood. Right. They're in like a more ritzier, fancier part of town. So I don't know why she expected to run into someone. (laughs) Yeah. So, but then she tells her, you know, that she's married to a white man and that he, you know, doesn't know that she's, that she's passing. And she's like, do you want to go back to our hotel, my hotel room and hang out? I'm like, what? (laughs) I just don't know what I would do in this situation. Like if I saw, and and that's, I guess that's the one thing we, we should note on in the book. We get this inner dialogue of Irene talking about Claire, about like how she kind of knew her, but like Mm -hmm. she wasn't like fully friends with her. She was like friends by association, right? Like they were, they were in, I want to say like they ran in the same circles. Yeah. But they weren't like the best friends or like as close as the movie really makes it Yeah, the movie is like, oh yeah, they're best friends that got disconnected disconnected, and now they're reconnecting on this rooftop somewhere. Uh, So we also find out that Claire has a daughter and this is what I actually thought was, was very interesting in the book and the movie. They mention, you know, that um, Irene has two boys, um, and Claire has a daughter and Claire mentioned, she's like, yeah, I was terrified my entire pregnancy that this baby was going to come out dark, dark yeah. because it, it very well could have, mm-hmm. but fortunately or unfortunately her daughter did come out very, very white. And yeah. so her husband had no idea. So, uh, Irene lets her know, you know, that she did marry a black guy and that he's a doctor um, and that she's actually never even thought about passing. Right. Which I'm like, yeah, except like in the store where you kind of don't make eye contact. Like, yeah. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier, like when it's convenient, she does kind Mm -hmm. of like not uses it to her benefit, but like won't be as like obvious. right, Right. About things if it works in her favor. So. We also find out, so like Claire's backstory, this is where we kind of get it, where she, she ended up going to live with her aunts and her aunts were actually white. Mm -hmm. So her being, you know, it sounds like after her, her dad died, she went to go live with these aunts. So she moved away from the neighborhood and her, since her aunts were very white or her aunts were white and she was very light skinned, no one ever questioned, Mm -hmm. questioned it. Right. So, which again, is just fascinating yeah especially like because the ants obviously would have known sure you know so i'm sure they played a role in all like this is the stuff that i wanted from this book like there's so many questions about how this actually works you know i was gonna try to figure out when is the best time to bring this up but now is better than ever um if you're actually looking for some a, a book that dives deeper into mm-hmm. this concept of passing the book called um the vanishing half okay. is actually perfect for this yeah. so it's the story of two twin sisters who are both light-skinned one chooses to live a life of passing and the other chooses to go back to her hometown and live her life as a black woman and it actually goes into like the details mm-hmm. of like what it's like living as yeah. a white woman or you know living is that ever going to become a movie because uh, like, actually like it should i want to say it's been optioned for a movie i don't know don't quote me on that i can check later but like that is a perfectly beautifully written book Mm -hmm. about this concept yeah you get other things you get love stories and stuff intertwined into it Mm -hmm. but at the core it's this like idea of like these two women these two sisters Mm -hmm. are both leading very different lives and like it goes into how that you know progressive yeah, yeah it's i might really need good. to read that one because i this did not it's really good on me. audio I, I recommend it on audio <laughs> anyway 
Anyway, so the girls are, or the women are at the hotel um, talking and John, Clara's husband, comes home or comes back to the, to hotel. the hotel. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he has a very derogative or derogatory nickname for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a name, obviously I don't want to say it, um, but like it, it, it ends up coming about because he, he talks about how when they first started dating, she was very, very white and year by year, she keeps getting darker and darker. Yeah. Um, so it's like this joke, uh, you know, to them. And I'm just like, scum, uh, scum, like, you know, but also like, I don't know, like to then allow him to let, you know, to call you that. And you're yeah. laughing about it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It was just very bizarre. And they tried to play it off. And it was yeah. weird. The thing that I really like, honed in on was like Claire watching Irene's reactions mm-hmm. as he was saying these things yeah. right because like she's basically come to terms with her life right yeah. and like I'm sure hears it from him constantly but like to see it from another person's perspective yeah. and like at one point she Irene starts hysterically laughing mm-hmm. and she can't control herself and Claire's just sitting there like yeah I guess that's like an appropriate way to react because yeah. like I can't react that way or whatever right. so I thought that was so interesting well and and the whole thing about this where we miss a little bit with the inner dialogue is that he's a he's very very does not like black people he, he hates, them. That's he what he hates says. them he doesn't know any of them so Claire has put Irene into this situation where that could have been very bad for mm-hmm. her so for Irene to or sorry for Claire to put, you know, Irene at risk that her husband could have came home and been very violent. And honestly put herself at risk, right? Yeah. Because she's trying to keep up this facade. Who knows if Irene would have just let the cat mm-hmm. out of the bag and been like, actually you're married to a black woman. Right. Like you don't know. You, how you don't do know. you like run that risk? Right. All for the sake of just connecting with this mm-hmm. person that you used to know. Yeah. So, and he also makes the same, he's like, yeah, um, Claire also hates black people. And so it's just like this really awkward moment in the yeah. book and the movie. But, but again, that was what this book yeah. I think should have been more about. Well, and even in the mm-hmm. book, it doesn't actually necessarily happen at this, at, at the hotel room. I think they go back to her house at one point, but mm-hmm. there's an, another woman, another black woman. Oh yeah. In like, that's also passing. Yeah. And like they leave and they're both just like in awe of his you know his awfulness awfulness basically (laughs) yeah Yeah, his scumness (laughs) so irene ends up leaving she goes home and when she gets there her husband is sleeping and she ends up waking waking him up and like kissing him which i don't believe happens in the book i don't think at that point she Mm. (laughs) has any connection with him so uh, it's now part two. It's fall time now in the movie. And this is part two of the book. And we see Irene and her husband talking about the boys. Their their sons are, you know, in elementary school. And she talks about how she's worried that they might be moving too fast in school, that they're getting queer ideas, which I guess that was the term to use in the 20s of just more sexual ideas. Mm-hmm. And so she's very concerned that the boys are growing up too fast. And... Her husband's like, what What do you expect? Yeah. Like, come on. And, may, and maybe that's how it wasn't like the 20. I, I do feel like the 20s probably were generations started to grow up quicker mm-hmm. than they used to. Probably. Um, so it makes a little bit more sense. I did. Ap- 
appreciate that they kind of incorporated the kids a little bit more in the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the book, it was very much like they met, they were mentioned in passing right. and like there wasn't much dialogue with the mm-hmm. kids. Whereas like in the movie, you kind of, you see them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what they look like right. and, you know, cause I think even earlier, Irene tells Claire, like both of my sons are dark. Yeah. So like, I don't know what it's like to have a child that mm-hmm. could pass. Right. You know, cause I don't even. So she, we then see that she gets a letter from Irene, which I think this letter is actually mentioned at the very beginning of the book mm-hmm. actually. And then it kind of, it flashes back. Yeah. Um, but she just ignores it and we see her driving her husband to work. And we, this is where we get the notion that he really hates work. Um, he hates sick people and he hates New York and they start arguing again about the boys and what schools they should go to. Should they go abroad and this and that. And I mean, we kind of needed this scene a little bit because there's supposed to be this tension between these mm-hmm. two. Um, I don't know. I guess if I didn't read the book, I would have just been like, it's two married couples having or <laughs> a married couple having some sort of argument about their kids. You yeah. Know? But I don't know. I just thought it was like, we, I, it was well, strange. Brian's whole thing, right, is, and it's touched on later too, like, he wants to get them out of there because it's not safe. It's not safe, and it's just not, like, conducive to mm. their, you know, to their kids growing up. He wants to move to, like, Europe or, like, mm-hmm. somewhere, a different country so yeah. that they don't have to grow up dealing with this stuff. And, I don't blame uh, them. and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we get a scene where, you know, they're talking about a lynching mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. and, like, how, you know, that's what they're seeing on a daily basis. So he Mm -hmm. wants to get his kids away from that. We then get back to the letter. And this is where Irene says, you know, she doesn't want to open the letter from Claire because she doesn't want to see her. She's like, I'm never going to see her again. I don't want to see her. Um, But then Brian opens (laughs) the letter. Her husband opens the letter. And it's basically her talking about how lonely she is and how, you know, she envies Irene's life. Um, And, you know, at that point, Irene's like, kind of feeling like, okay, maybe she should, you know, write her back. But there's a lot more inner struggle in the book of, should I write her back? Should I not write her back? Well, Claire ends up just showing up at Irene's house and basically is like, why did you never return my letter? Yeah. Um, but also like, how did she get her address? Right. But I guess if she had it yeah. to send the letter, then maybe she'd Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, but she, you know, Irene's trying to tell her like, look, it's not safe for you to be here. And you put me in a really bad position with your husband. Like, mm-hmm. I don't blame her. Uh, what I thought it was just so funny, like in the book, it was like, Irene would be mad one second. And then she'd be totally fine mm. one second. And then she'd be mad. And then she'd feel sorry. For, like, there was so much, like, back and forth yeah. that I didn't fully get in the movie um, of those emotions. And I don't know which way I like better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, well, obviously, we don't get her inner dialogue in the movie, right? So we're just kind of led to believe whatever she kind of goes with mm. is her instinct. But to your point in the book, yeah, there's a lot more of, like, this, like, turmoil of dude. Do I let her in or do I not let right. her in? I personally prefer, like, just just tell me what you're going to do. Yeah. Like, this wishy-washy back and forth was a little much for me, yeah. if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, when Claire's there, we find out that Irene is helping coordinate the Negro League wellness dance, which I guess is a thing. Mm-hmm. And that Wellness or welfare? Welfare, maybe? Welfare. Yeah, welfare well- dance. <laughs> actually a wellness retreat but it's like weird like they the way they explain it in the book which we don't really get much of an explanation in the movie is it's a dance for african-americans that white people 
buy tickets to, Mm -hmm. to be a part of, but more so to, they say to watch the black people. Literally, they come to see, to to see black people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a man named Hugh Wentworth, um, who I can't remember what like his profession is. I think he's a writer. Yeah. But it it sparks um, Claire's interest really in wanting to go. And so she's like, you know, there's going to be a ton of people there, white people there. They're going to, it will be perfectly fine. And so, you know, there's actually in the book, there's a little bit more strong, like, Irene's like, this is not a good idea for the eighth time. This is not a good idea. Um, But Claire's like, no, it's fine. I'm coming. She just basically (laughs) invites herself and like, deal with it. Yeah. So we see Brian and Irene getting ready for the dance. And again, they're arguing, you know, once more about gosh knows what. Um, I did like in the book, which we didn't get in the movie. um, One of the reasons Brian gets so mad at Irene all the time is because she's late all the time. Mm -hmm. She literally can't be on time for anything. Yeah. Poor man. Yeah. So they're arguing. She just like sends him downstairs to go, I guess, entertain Claire, which I love it. Cause she literally waited till this exact moment to tell him that Claire yeah. was coming. And he's like, well, why didn't you tell me yesterday? Right. He's like, well, she was like, well, you were busy and I just yeah. forgot. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, like, uh, I mean, like with boyfriend Ray, it's like, um, you know, if there's something going on with a girl group, it's like, oh, I thought we didn't like her right now. Or I thought we were mad at her. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that was like five minutes ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Things change. Yeah. Uh, so, but when, by the time Irene gets down there, Brian and, and Claire are getting along. A little chummy. Yeah. Um, and then the, we get to the dance and Claire and Brian dance. And then Hugh asks about Claire and like, who is this woman? You know, this well-known you know, author is like taking notice of this, of this woman. And, you know, they're talking a little bit and Irene actually tells him that she's passing as a white person, Mm. which I thought was ballsy, risky, you know, I think she felt like she could trust him. It seems like they have the type of relationship where they can like confide in each other. Um, And he doesn't strike me as the type to like, go yell it from the rooftop. Yeah. Right? He was just more so like intrigued by this woman. Mm-hmm. Like he, she even says like, well, what do you think? Yeah. Do you think she is or isn't she? Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, I actually can't even tell. So mm-hmm. that's when he, she decides to tell her yeah. or help, tell him what I thought it was interesting in this conversation was like, they, t- they talk about like exoticizing the black man mm-hmm. and like how, you know, like, I even, I have a, a very close, one of my best friends is black and, you know, she has had to deal with the fact of like men approaching her or like talking to her mm-hmm. because it like fulfills some sort of fantasy right. that they have. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I can't imagine like having to deal Dude, with that. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, you don't actually know if someone's with you for you yeah. or if it's like, they just, they're, they're checking mm-hmm. off a box off of their, you know, right. um, uh, what's the word? their bucket list or whatever that may be. So I thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. that they kind of brought that up in the conversation. And now this is weird. I don't think this happened in the book. I can't remember. But at one point Irene like grabs Claire's hand and it's like this really awkward moment where I was like, where are we going with this? (laughs) Like we're like, I, I, and then there's no context to it. They never circle back to it. I, I took that as like a, like we're sisters in arms. Like I, I, I got you. Like I understand you now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm see why it was important for you yeah. to like come to this event. It was just yeah. Like a I mean, maybe thing. it was just after watching the hours, you know, mm-hmm. the last episode, and I'm like, 
is everything an innuendo? Is it, where's, <laughs> who's a lesbian? I don't know. Right, right, like, right. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no lesbians in this story. No. <laughs> so now this is part three of the book and the movie. And um, we see that the boys, or uh, sorry, we see that Irene's boys are back from school one day and they immediately ask like where's claire where's claire so that's led to believe that claire has been around quite a bit Mm -hmm. recently um and they're very disappointed when she's not there it's important to note because they don't really touch on it in the movie is like claire comes around when her husband is out of town Mm -hmm. like on you know work trips things like that so it's like it's not just easily Mm-hmm. She doesn't just come by easily. She chooses her times like specifically based mm-hmm. on her husband's schedule. Right. So I guess this is maybe the next day. I'm not really sure. Um, Irene comes home from the store and Claire's out back um, with their maid, mm-hmm. who is also African-American. And I thought this was just kind of funny because Claire's just like, I don't care. Like, let's all just hang out type yeah. thing. And um, Irene is like, um, are you going to like go unload the, the, so it's just, it's just such an interesting dynamic, especially during that time of, you know, an African, African American woman, you know, being a little bit higher in society and then having African American maids. I'm just sure that dynamic was just interesting. Well, it's so funny because at one point Claire says something like, and refers to her, her name is Zoo, Mm -hmm. refers to her as her maid. Mm -hmm. And Irene's like, no, 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 it's not like that here. It's like, but you're acting but like it, it is. is because there's definitely hierarchy here, right? Yeah. Like she's, she mm-hmm. does the work at your, in your home. So right. yeah, she's definitely your maid. <laughs> well, and so here's another moment where I was like, are we going towards being lesbians? Because there's this other weird moment at this time where Claire and Irene are talking about how they could have been better friends. And then Irene like sees Claire in the sunlight, <laughs> like beaming down on her. I was like, are, are we just envying her or do we like her? Like, I just couldn't understand. I think it was more of a, to your point earlier of, like, the grass is greener. Like, what, like, she's thinking Mm -hmm. and she's contemplating, like, would my life be easier if I had Mm -hmm. Claire's life or no? Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think I'm just You were reading a little too much into it. I think I was, (laughs) and who knows. Um, But we now see uh, Brian at dinner is talking to the boys about, the lynching you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's really trying to educate his sons of how the society really is. And Irene wants nothing to do with it. She's like, they're too young. They shouldn't know about this. But I mean, I think we can all agree. Like, unfortunately society doesn't, doesn't, you know, let us determine how fast our kids grow up, Mm -hmm. um, especially nowadays. So, yeah. um, But I do feel like, I mean, the parenting between those two are so different. Yeah. She wants to shelter her children from, from all of this. And he wants to let them know how things really are. He's like, if we're going to live in this city, Mm -hmm. we need, like, they need to know what they're up against. Right. They need to know the dangers of like being a black man in New York city at this time, like something could happen. Mm -hmm. So I need to let them know what's happening. So we now see Claire and Irene are they're up front and they're kind of having this little heart to heart moment. And Claire, you know, is thanking Irene for being such a good friend. And this is where she kind of opens up and talks about how much she has actually given up to be able to pass Mm -hmm. because, you know, she can't be herself, you know, and, and Irene has kind of given her the outlet to, to do so. Um, So I think that, you know, is, the culmination of these two women envying each other, yeah, you know, of what, of what their lives are. Um, we now see it. I, I take it's probably the next day or two. Um, we see Claire coming down the stairs or sorry, 
we see Irene coming down the stairs and Brian and Claire are downstairs at the bottom and they're talking very closely. It's like they stop talking the second she comes into the room. Um, and we find out that the maid actually has the night off. Um, so wherever they were going, they now don't have a babysitter for, for the boys. And so Irene is like, well, you guys go ahead to the, Oh, they were going to bridge. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you guys go ahead, you know, on your own and I'll, I'll stay back and watch the boys. This does not happen in the book. I don't remember her sending those two off by themselves. There's like a brief mention of like, she mentions like, yeah. And sometimes Claire and Brian would go on, go off on their own. So it's like very brief. Like we don't actually get this exchange, but it is mentioned. So we get another scene now where Irene and Brian and the boys are in the living room. Again, talking about another lynching. And it it was one of the things I'm like, we just had this conversation. Like, I, I'm not sure why we needed another scene of this. I don't know if it was just to make more tension between these yeah. two. Um, because like this, I don't think happens. In, it doesn't happen a second time. No. Like I said, book. in the book, the boys aren't really talked about right. all that much. So we find out that, you know, Brian is still wants to leave the country. He doesn't want to live here anymore. And... You know, they're in this argument and Irene is like, I don't understand why you're just happier when Claire's around. And it's like, also, like, that's not what he was saying. Not what he was saying. This is like the epitome of a woman trying to put words into a man's mouth. Like, take what they say for face value. Like, you're bringing in somebody who does not need to be brought into this conversation. Um. And I guess, like, maybe this in the movie is where the realization is that, you know, that these two are something. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I never got the impression that they were something. Like, yes, they're trying to lead you that way because that's we get Irene's perspective. But, like, if you take that out of the equation, to me, Claire and Brian are just friends who get along. Like, he, like... Irene is making it bigger than it is, right? right? Like, and that goes back to, that's not really where this story really should have gone even. Like, we should have just focused on this concept of passing, right? Because really, this is where the the story just takes a complete 90 degree turn. And they start talking about this like random love triangle and Brian possibly cheating with her. Uh, But in the movie, we see Irene like, she gets all drugged up. She's laying in bed. Brian has to wake her up and she goes downstairs and Claire's down there. Um, cause she's upset because Irene hasn't been responding to her because she thinks that she's cheating on, you know, her husband's cheating on him, on her with, with her. Yeah. But the reason why Claire ends up being there is because they're throwing a party for Hugh and she doesn't know why Brian would invite Claire there because Hugh's kind of made some comments that he doesn't actually really like Claire. And so, but Brian's like, well, I invited her, which then just fuels the fire even more to make her think that they're, but that's such a dude thing to do. Right. He was basically like, well, I was talking to her and it sounded like she was kind of upset that she wasn't invited. So I just invited her. Right. Like that's such a guy thing to do. (laughs) Like there's no motive behind that. (laughs) So at this party, we see Brian and Claire talking alone, probably just about crazy pants Irene of how, you know, what's going on with her. And Irene like drops a tea kettle um, in the middle of the party and makes a scene. It's now Christmas time though. I get a (laughs) beautiful Christmas scene, at least in this movie. And Irene is out for a walk with her friend Felice. Felice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they end up running into Claire's husband, like physically running into him. And they have this moment of exchange, like nothing's really said, but it's like a, oh, I know who you are type thing. And she well, he calls her by name. Oh, yeah, yeah. He calls her by her last name. She's, he's like, Mrs. I forget their last name. Yeah. And she just ignored, like she pretends like he didn't. Well, yeah, because it. she's with, since she's with Felice, I mean, he knows that. Yeah. she's the the uh realization that comes across his mm-hmm. face in this scene is like so palpable because he's just like he like looks at her then looks at felice mm-hmm. then looks back at irene and he's like and it registers yeah. so he's like ah oh, crap <laughs> so claire or irene ends up going home and she actually calls claire mm-hmm. um but she's not there in the book she doesn't call claire at all she actually contemplates calling um uh, John and yeah. telling him. <laughs> yeah. Because at this point, like to your point earlier, like she, the struggle is real for her mm-hmm. because she thinks this woman has come into their lives and basically ruined mm-hmm. her marriage. And she's like, what is the easiest, fastest way I can get rid of yeah. her? If I tell her husband, he's bound to do something about yeah. it. So maybe I should tell him. She doesn't eventually, she doesn't actually do it, yeah. but that's like the difference. Like in the movie, she's very much like concerned about Claire mm-hmm. and making sure that she knows. Whereas in the book, she's like, actually, if, if he finds out, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. And, and one other thing that, you know, doesn't get really mentioned in the movie as much too, is that one of the factors of, you know, Claire not coming out and telling her husband and, and, and Irene stopping is that the daughter too is, mm-hmm. is a, is a factor because they know that if, if, um, John finds out that his, her, you know, his daughter is part African-American. He's going to yeah. freak out and she's going to lose her dad, yep. you know? So, um, so yeah, so she calls her in the movie, doesn't answer. And then that's about the effort, all the effort she really takes into the situation. Um, but now they're at a party at Felice's um, apartment and it's in this apartment complex at six floors high and there's no elevator yeah and irene actually asks you know what she would do if brian ever found out that she was passing and she goes well, right I, or if john ever found oh out. sorry yeah, yeah. If, if john ever found out that she was passing and she's like well i just come and live in harlem by you guys yeah. and in in irene's mind she's like well that's not what i want i don't right. want you i don't want you in my life at all so you can see like the wheels start turning of like oh God, I, now I don't want her, want him to yeah. find out because I don't want her living here. So we see Irene open the window uh, to have a cigarette. And as she's doing this, we start hearing all this commotion and John shows up at the party, which in the movie, we we have no idea how he found out where, yeah. where she was. I can't exactly remember how he found out in the book where they were. It's like he he trailed her. Yeah. He like followed her or something. So he shows up to this party. He's making a huge scene. He's demanding to come in and Claire just like calmly walks over, you know? And she's like, okay, here we go. You know? Well, I think she was kind of waiting for this moment to happen. Right. Like, yeah, she has to take into consideration her daughter, but like, she's like, all right, this is it. Yeah. Like it's going to go one way or the next or the other way. right? Right. Like, let's just get, get on with it. So Claire comes over next to Irene, next to the open window. And John's getting closer. And at one point, John lunges towards Claire. And all we see is Irene kind of put her arm across Claire's waist. And then there's a little push of the arm, we're so to believe. Mm -hmm. And Claire 
gets pushed out the window and falls out the window to her death. Uh, everyone runs out of the apartment, down the stairs, uh, and... Everyone but Irene. Everyone but Irene. Irene just stands in the apartment and then slowly walks down the stairs. Um, and we find out that Claire is dead downstairs. And we, the next thing we see is Irene tells the cops that she just accidentally fell out the window and it was not her husband that pushed her. Um, and that's the end of the movie. And the end of the book. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I need to know. Mm-hmm. She definitely pushed her, right? She definitely pushed her. Okay. Because I know it's like up for interpretation or whatever. But like. The movie did not leave it up to interpretation. The there book was a did. Full yeah. On, well, and, on. and maybe that was just like a bad acting. I don't know. Yeah. But like the book very much makes you like, because you don't have a visualization, like you mm-hmm. can possibly interpret it as like. It was an accident, right? Yeah. Like all the things happening at one time led to her falling out of the mm-hmm. window. But in the movie, it's very much like, yeah, she pushed her. Yeah, she definitely for sure. Pushed her. And I mean, based on what we know from her inner dialogue in the book, yeah, it totally makes sense for yeah. her to have pushed her because, again, she's looking for a way to get Claire out of her life. Right. What's the easiest way? Push her dying. The, push her out the window. If, if you have the chance, push her out of the window. Um. So yeah. So. Very interesting turn of events in this story. Um, I know we talked about it earlier, but it's like we definitely thought it was going one way and it just kind of the plot just changed. I I hate that it did that. Yeah. I really cannot say that I enjoyed this book Mm, or just this story in in general. And it kind of makes me sad that this is the one that Netflix decided to start with because I know there's so many great books out there that have been turned into yeah. movies and and maybe they were just trying to find something that you know is i don't know yeah something Who knows controversial i i mean i i don't know so i was kind of just sad that this was i just wanted more of the concept mm-hmm. i didn't need this random maybe love triangle yeah. well like you know? i said feel free to read the vanishing half mm-hmm. um you'll get more of that so i mean do you, do you think that the movies stay true to the book at least? Yes. Yeah, most I think definitely. so too. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you going book or movie? I don't neither. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I'm inclined to say neither, but we always have to pick. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go movie on this one. Yeah. I liked the black and white mm-hmm. um uh filming of it. I enjoyed the actors. I, with the exception of um, Irene's accent. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. You know, for what it was, like, it was nice to get a visualization of the yeah. story, right? Like, if we didn't get what we wanted from the plot, at least, like, we got an identical, yeah. you know, creation in in uh, film form. So I'm going to go movie. I am going to agree with you for all those reasons. <laughs> I thought it was a beautifully done movie and, the, and yeah. it was beautifully directed as well. So I'm yeah. excited to see her direct some more things. I mean, the, the benefit is not there. The benefit is that it was a very short story. I think this is probably the shortest book I've read this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a plus. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so, all right, that's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the booby girls. You can also email us at the at gmail.com. Please, please email us. Let us know if you watched and or read this, mm-hmm. if you're going to be tuning in for the Netflix book club and the show. Um, what did you, what is it called again? But uh, have you read the book? Have you read the book? Have you read I the think? book? Um, if, Feel free to, I think it's, uh, the website is netflix.com forward slash 
book club if I'm not or maybe it's Netflix book club don't quote me on that anyway um but like we said earlier we are on Patreon and if you want to join us on Patreon for all of our bonus content um we have a couple levels for you to sign up at you get some bonus content as well as a shout out a sticker for joining all that good stuff um just go to patreon.com forward slash the movie girls to sign up um also we forgot to say happy thanksgiving if anyone's listening oh on yes the release date happy thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> because we are officially moving into our christmas episodes which if you remember from last year we did what did we do the grinch mm-hmm. uh we did christmas with a crank slash mm-hmm. skipping christmas, skipping christmas yeah. uh what else did we do uh that's a great question what else did we do <laughs> The Polar Express. Oh, yes, yes. And there's one other one. I can't remember. But all of those are still available um, on our feed, so you can go back and listen to them. Uh, but we are going to kick off this holiday season by doing Home Alone, which I know you're thinking, you're like, that's not a book. It is. They just came out with an <laughs> illustrated version of the movie um, this, uh, just, what, this year sometime? Uh, right? I don't know. I or think it, it been around? a little bit older. Um, let me look. Just to, it's super cute. Sure. It's adorable. It's a children's um, book, obviously. Yeah, let's see. 2015. 2015, so not new. No. Um, and it's actually, so it says based on the story written by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus, but mm-hmm. it's illustrated by a woman named Kim Smith. So I don't anticipate very much changing um, yeah. from book to movie or movie to book. And this is what, now our second one where the book was made yes. after the movie. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But yes, yeah. I'm looking at the book right now and it's adorable. Mm-hmm. And I technically have already read the book uh-huh. even though there's like maybe a hundred words total in this book yeah. um but yeah so excited to read it i'm just excited to get to watch the movie i know i like, excuse one of, to watch it's one of my favorite christmas movies yeah. of all time it's, so. it's the most wonderful time of the year yes just putting that out there <laughs> thanks for listening and remember don't judge a book by its movie bye, bye.